Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today I am speaking with Anna Post, who is the great-great-granddaughter of Emily Post, who was the American doyen of etiquette. Her name is synonymous in this country with good etiquette, and her great-great-granddaughter is continuing this tradition. She has authored and co-authored numerous books about etiquette, including two books specifically devoted to weddings. She's also a columnist for Inside Weddings magazine and has written on etiquette in the past for Brides.com, Reuters, The Huffington Post, the list goes on and on. So today I'm speaking with Anna Post about tipping. Who do you tip and how much do you tip them at a Disney wedding? At Disney weddings, you don't run into as many of the people you run into when you are having a traditional wedding. So people like caterers, head servers, cake bakers, delivery people, these people are usually covered by Disney's service charge or they're just somebody you don't have any contact with. Like you're not going to be able to tip the guy who brings your wedding cake because you're not going to see him. So what do you do when things are different and it doesn't fall into the guidelines in whatever wedding advice book or magazine or website you're going to? So welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So yeah, I guess I've set this up a little bit, but I want to talk about usually what happens is it comes down to the wire. It's two weeks before the wedding and the bride goes on the message boards or emails all her friends and is like, who do I tip? How much do I tip them? Do I need to tip my wedding planner? What do I do about the officiant? So today I'm just going to go through with you some of the roles and some of the rules of thumb and get your advice because like I say, I'm looking for the definitive answer. There's a lot of advice out there online. Most of it's contradictory. So the first question though is, is tipping still an optional gesture of appreciation for service that says, hey, you went above and beyond the call of duty or is it pretty much mandatory these days? It's going to depend a little bit on who we are talking about tipping. Um, in most cases, and I know things are a little bit different at Disney, and we'll get into that. In most cases, anyone with whom you have a contract, so perhaps your wedding photographer or your general wedding planner, your caterer, these are people that you likely would not tip. The people you would tip would be the servers that they bring with whom you do not have a contract. So now there are, there are a few exceptions here and there. And in those cases, when, when it is someone like the servers at your wedding, you know, they are people that you do want to think about providing a tip. Um, sometimes this will be 15 to 20% of the service. Other times, this can be a number that, that you settle on as a, a comfortable number for you. 15 to 20 is a great place to start, um, but it doesn't always work out as the best thing in all cases. And by that, I mean your judgment and your budget and your situation. Sometimes of extenuating circumstances, even I can't imagine, and you're going to have to trust your judgment. But the 15 to 20 is a good place to start for those for those folks. That is something to be thinking about. Um, but I know that I know that Disney does try to make this easier for people who are coming to the locations to um, to have their weddings. 
Okay, that's great. And I did want to go through with you some of the different service roles because, like you say, in an instance where, say, maybe you're paying Disney $800 for a motor coach, do you really tip the driver 20% of $800? I mean, that's a lot of money. (laughs) So, um, yeah, let's get to that in a second. And you've kind of covered my next question, which is the difference between tipping someone who is a server, a service employee, like a photographer's assistant, a cosmetologist's assistant, a Disney photographer, because they are an employee of Disney, they don't own the business, versus someone who does own their business, who gets to keep the entire fee. One of the things that that might help people to keep this clear, one, you can certainly, I'm quite sure that whoever you're working with at Disney, you can ask them, are tips included here as a way to know if you're starting to get a little confused because there's a lot of moving parts in a wedding. It sounds as though in the cases when the tip is included at Disney, that if you needed a reminder from someone that you're working with, that you could ask that question and, and, and sort of find out where you are on the tipping map. Now, if it's someone who is working for Disney but does not have a tip normally covered in their service, um, would a uh, cosmetology assistant be a good example here? I think maybe um, a photographer or, let's see, a floral. Well, the floral assistants, the problem is you barely have any contact with them outside of your first meeting, so it would be very hard to get them something, but I suppose you could mail them something. Actually, I think that's a great example. So take, for example, a floral assistant, somebody who you really don't have a lot of contact with, and you you, you don't necessarily have to tip every single person at your wedding. We have this fear that we won't somehow show appropriate appreciation if we don't tip everybody everywhere all the time. And I have a lot of respect for where that concern comes from. I think it's a great place to start from. I'd rather people be more more invested and interested in this um, than, than less so. That being said, if this is not somebody who has had a lot of close ties, if they're just you know doing their job, which they're being paid for back at the shop and they never really come into the world of your wedding beyond that, then I don't think you need to chase them to the ends of the earth to provide a tip. Now, that being said, before I offend any floral assistants out there, <laughs> people do always appreciate the tip when it's possible. Um, but what I wouldn't want to see brides and grooms find themselves in a position of doing is trying to trace down anyone who had even the lightest fingerprint on their wedding to make sure they got a tip just because there was some tiny involvement somewhere way back behind the scenes. Someone like a photographer Um, I would put much higher up on the list of people to consider tipping. Now, in the non-Disney world, this is optional. That's because it's typically someone with whom you have a contract. Now, tipping for service really well done is always a great gesture. I have a lot of friends in the wedding world who happen to be wedding photographers, uh, and even they tell me that some of their clients tip, some don't, some tip in cash. It's not usually a 15 to 20% of the fee type of a situation, depending on what their fee is. They might tip anywhere from 50 or $100 up to maybe a couple hundred dollars, depending on the type of service and, and how much um, the total contract is worth. In some cases, it's also not cash. It might be a gift certificate, often to a restaurant, a nice restaurant, for example, um, that is given out. Now, I would imagine for most people that cash is what they love to get. Right. <laughs> you know, so this is always a great way to go. Plus, it's one less thing to have to worry about. It's a trip to the bank as opposed to trips to all these different places to purchase a gift certificate. So I'm going to put photographer as still optional, but I'd put them very high up the list of people to consider. Bear this in mind too. You spend a lot of time with your photographer throughout 
the day of your wedding or if they're also at your rehearsal dinner, for example. Um, and it's a very personal rapport that you build up. They're literally by your side to take these photos. And so I do think that, you know, almost of all of the optional roles, this one I really would put to the top of the list. Okay, this is great to know. So now let's go through a couple of the other roles. Most of these are people who are generally considered service people, but it can be confusing sometimes how much to tip them. First, I mentioned earlier, someone who is driving your limo or driving the motor coach that's carting your 55 guests around Walt Disney World, what's a good rule of thumb for tipping them? Is it a percentage? Is it a flat amount? It can be either. There is no official, you must do this or you must do that. It's often easiest to sort of, as you think about this, to go by one of two things, either pick a cash amount that feels comfortable to you. For example, um, you know, 20% of $800, which might be a fee for being driven around for the day, you know, that's $160. That, that might just feel like too much money for some people. Their gut just might say, I don't feel right about this. Pick a lower amount in cash. That's fine. Um, it's actually not that dissimilar from how we recommend people think about certain kinds of holiday tipping, but that's a whole nother story. Um, this is another way to thank and show appreciation. And you shouldn't be doing so much that it really, really hurts. And since there isn't an official line on how much you need to or are expected to give, I would choose either a dollar amount that sounds about right to you, be it $50, $100, something like that, or pick across the board a percentage that you want to tip to the people you've identified as um, your tipping list. And, you know, sometimes for people that's a nice, judicious, neutral way to make your decision. Just bear in mind that that's a percent of the total, and if the total's high, the tips will be higher too, which many people will appreciate, but it is a factor in budget as well that has to um, be part of how you make your final decision. So I hope that this helps give people some permission in how they think about tipping that just because you're not doing 20% of the total contract does not mean that you are unappreciative. It means that you've been thoughtful about it. You know, the place where I think people might get into trouble is if they're not thinking or being considerate about it in the first place and they just say, no, nah, I'm not going to tip anybody at all. That to me, as just a dismissive way of thinking about it, really is starting to miss the mark of all the people who are contributing to your wedding day. So yes, this will be different for everybody, which obviously <laughs> means it takes me a lot longer to <laughs> try to explain how to go about thinking about it. All right. For all that I've mentioned percentages, because sometimes that's how we feel the most comfortable with tipping, my gut tells me, uh, and I don't have official survey numbers on this, but I do go to a lot of weddings and I do hear from a lot of people about their weddings and their tipping situations. More often than not, I tend to hear that it's not a percentage the way that it might be in a restaurant, but that it is sort of a, a dollar amount that you deem for each person. For example, you know, and this is a number I'm pulling out of the air. This will be different for everyone, okay? But it might be, you know, 50 or or $100 for the DJ, or it might be $25 each for the musician, or maybe you just have a little string quartet, so it's four people, maybe it's $50 each, you know, because it's a smaller focused group of people. Uh, you know, that will have something to say in how you make up your mind for how much to give. If it was someone like, say, a cosmetology assistant who was coming to the bride's room to do her makeup, 
then you that might be the one place where you might sort of think about the salon because that is a place where we have a pretty a pretty comfortable guide to turn back to. So that's a spot where it might be easier to do 15 or 20% the way that you might had you been in the salon for that kind of a service. And I'd say that, you know, makeup sort of applies as well because a lot of salons do makeup. But, you know, for the, um, that's why for the limo, for anybody in the photography, my gut would probably lean more toward a dollar amount that feels comfortable to you. Um, and it feels comparative with how you're tipping everyone else involved in the process. Um, you know, you don't think about each one person in a vacuum. You have to think about your whole tipping budget together. That's why it's a great idea to sit down in advance of the big day, you know, do this with your fiance and go through the list of all of the different service people involved. Pick the ones that you want to be sure that you're tipping. Think about how much you'd feel comfortable tipping each one. Now add that amount up and make sure that you're comfortable with that as your total tipping budget. If you're not, adjust as needed throughout the list to feel comfortable with each person on the list relative to each other. And while this might sound a little complicated, it's probably going to take 10 to 15 minutes of your whole wedding planning budget of time, which isn't so bad. One thing that's good to know is that this is one thing that for the groom that the best man can help out with. Oftentimes, the best man will receive cash from the groom well, or the bride and groom at the beginning of the wedding day or maybe the day or two before that is either fees, sometimes paid to the officiant, but they also receive cash to help pay out tips to the different people the bride and groom would like to tip at the wedding so that the bride and groom don't have to set aside time to do this. The best man can do it on their behalf. You know, we're thinking in, in the perfect world, we've gone to the bank and have nice, crisp, clean notes and, you know, maybe everything's paper clipped out with the name of the, the person that it's going to so that the best man doesn't get confused. But that's a great way to plan it ahead, get it off your plate and have the best man help you out in terms of delivering this when you're done. Of course, if the groom or the bride want to do this themselves so they can say a personal thank you, that's great too. But it is a pretty busy day. It's okay to have the best man take care of this for you. That's a great tip. And I know that many Disney brides are super organized and perhaps making individual envelopes and things like that would actually be a fun project for them. So, Yes, and you know the envelope, that's actually a great point. The envelope is a great way to enclose a little note of thanks. This doesn't have to be long. This does not have to be fancy. Um, but that can be a great way to say, you know, you know, thank you for helping with our wedding today. We appreciate all you've done. You don't have to write separate notes to every person. You don't have to know their names. That's okay. But that is sort of a little extra above and beyond. So it's not just about tipping with money, but it's about the money going hand in hand with your thanks and appreciation is really, I think, just um, a stellar way to say thank you to these people helping you out. Now, there are just a couple more roles I had questions about. There can be some confusion. You talked about tipping a cosmetology assistant. Now, many of the cosmetologists, the people who you would contract with, so I think I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask you anyway, they will come out to your room. And I know it seems like it's general practice to tip them, like you say, 15 to 20%. However, they are keeping all of the money because they own the business. Obviously, they're going to pay their assistant and you're going to tip their assistant. And some of them also charge a travel fee or an early morning fee. So is the tip optional, more optional there for a cosmetologist versus an assistant? Personally, 
and this is kind of funny, I, I would actually lean toward a tip on this one. And here's why. Don't worry about the travel fees. That's just the cost of doing business. Um, in terms of the actual tip, they're coming to you. That's the difference here. Yes, they own their own business, which normally you're right. In non-wedding world, when a salon owner owns their own business, you don't tip them because the presumption is they're doing pretty well and don't necessarily need the tip. Now, when somebody does come to your house, that effort and the fact that that's sort of a more personal service at that point, regardless of whether or not they own their own business, I do think that a tip is is a good way to go. Okay, good rule of thumb. Now, the other one that I get a lot of questions about is the officiant, because at a church wedding, often you would make a donation to the church. Well, in Disney case, they are not employees of Disney. They're independent contractors, but generally they are retired. Uh, you're not going to their church at all. They come out and they charge you a fee for their services. So you're paying them a fee. They're getting everything. I don't know if people sign contracts for officiants. We didn't because we brought our own. But what would the rule of thumb be there? Do you still tip them on top of their fee? My gut would say no here. The, the, the donation to the church or, uh, you know, whatever the religious house might be, that is a way of supporting and saying thank you to that religious community that has helped you to get married. Because you're donating it to the church, this isn't a fee that the clergy person takes home with as a personal tip to them. Um, and because of that, I think when the officiant has their own fees, and, and this is sort of a paid job to be doing this, what I would rather see is something that's consistent with all wedding etiquette, which is inviting that person to have a place at the table at the reception and at the rehearsal dinner. Now, my bet um, before brides and grooms start sweating the cost of another plate at dinner or two plates if this person has a spouse, because the spouse would be invited, bear in mind that this is a professional job for them. And if they're doing a lot of these, they will most likely decline your kind offer to come to <laughs> the wedding reception. This is something that's standard throughout wedding etiquette, that you invite your officiant no matter how well you know them, to the rehearsal dinner if there is one and to the reception for the actual wedding. Now, in many cases, when it's not a close personal relationship, you know, say with a clergy person or a judge that you know well, most often the officiant may choose to decline, not necessarily, but they often do because they're doing an awful lot of these and, and they can't necessarily spend every Friday night and every Saturday afternoon at a wedding when this is something that they are doing as part of their job. They may say yes, they may not, but either way, I think it's more important that they be invited than that they be tipped. That's interesting. And I'll just jump in here and say, yes, at Disney weddings, they never go to these things. Like, I don't know that most brides and grooms know that that is the etiquette to invite them. And that's great that you pointed out. But like you said, they are probably going to say no. Do not worry that suddenly you're going to have to pay for two more people with your wedding. It's a nice gesture, but I have never heard of one of the people on Disney's officiant list actually attending the reception and the rehearsal dinner. Exactly. And I think that's why for me, um, my gut tells me that this isn't usually about tipping the officiant as an individual, that in the non-Disney world, when somebody gives a donation to whatever religious house is associated with the clergy person, that they're supporting that community in general. And that tip is sort of not necessary in this setting. Right. One of the things that I also think is great is at a destination like Disney, when there is an opportunity for the tips to be all included, it's okay for the bride and groom to trust in that. When you see a 21% gratuity included in the service, 
you're not somehow remiss if you leave well enough right there. That 21% is so that you don't have to worry about distributing that out amongst the people it covers yourself. A lot of people worry, well, I know it was in there, but aren't I still supposed to do something almost as though failing to even actually be part of the, the gesture of literally handing over the money somehow leaves you remiss. No, that's why Disney is doing this and putting in the percentage that's going to gratuity is to make things easier. So just know who's covered under that and then you don't have to worry about that group of people. It's sort of corollary to having a, a large room service at a hotel and then tipping a full 20% on top of that. Um, you might usually tip a couple dollars, but not necessarily the whole tip repeated all over again. It's in there to make sure that the person gets covered. Great. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up because that is a big deal. I mean, 21% is a huge number, so please don't feel like you're not doing enough. <laughs> and so then the last area to cover is Disney wedding planners and floral specialists. We talked a little bit about floral earlier. In the past, they were not allowed to accept cash tips, but several years ago, Disney changed the rule. And now of the people you deal with at Disney, the only role who is not allowed to accept tips is your sales consultant. So that's the person who writes your contract, the person you have the most contact with at first. However, wedding planners can accept cash tips. It has been my experience that most couples like to give gifts or gift cards. And I was just wondering, what do you think is the most common practice? Because in the real world, usually a wedding consultant or wedding planner gets a percentage of the overall cost of the wedding. At Disney, they are salaried. So if they did give you service that goes above and beyond the call of duty, it is nice to show your appreciation. However, I know some people can feel weird about handing them cash on the other hand, I have this vision of all of the planners at Disney having, like, the teacher who gets 80 bazillion things with an apple on it from all their students. Like, I'm sure they have closets full of knickknacks and curios and things that brides and grooms have given them instead of tips, and maybe they do just want cash. Cash is always highly appreciated, and there's nothing at all wrong with giving that because you're right. They, they probably do have a lot of relationships with a lot of different brides and grooms whom they've helped to get married. And sometimes at the end of the day, the cash really is just great. That being said, I think the reason that brides and grooms tend to lead toward a gift with a wedding planner, which I think is a wonderful thing to be thinking about, is because it is such a personal relationship. They sort of feel like, well, we've gotten to know them so well, I don't want to just give them cash as though it was, you know, just this um just a transaction as opposed to a relationship. It's still okay to give cash. Uh, in fact, as you pointed out, I think sometimes that is actually what might be most appreciated at the end of the day. Or I would also consider, you know, a gift certificate to maybe a nice restaurant that they had mentioned that they really liked in the area, that kind of a thing. Um, but, you know, there's nothing wrong at all with the gift. But I do think in many cases, cash also would be appreciated there. So either way is fine. I just think that helps to explain a little bit why people sometimes lean more toward the gift than toward the cash. But um, it is a choice that is up to the bride and groom at the end of the day. If they just feel that a certain gift would be just perfect, then they should go with their gut. Um, but they shouldn't not choose cash because they're concerned it's inappropriate or not saying enough about the relationship that this person, you know, has had with them as they have planned their wedding. One thing that I want to just mention generally about tipping is that it is a way to say thank you. And I think people get very, very, very concerned about being judged for the dollar amount of their thank you. This is a thanks. You have to hope that the person you give it to receives it in that spirit and in that vein and not worry so much about being judged against others. 
That's why I think it's important to make a tipping budget, for example. Wedding tipping is not dissimilar from holiday tipping. And while I won't dig deep into that subject, because that is a whole nother podcast in and of itself, the advice that I give to people when it comes to holiday tipping is the same as what it would be for a wedding, where we're talking less traditional tipping roles here, things that don't happen as often, that don't have as much precedent. It's important to think about two things, your budget and your relationship to the person helping you out. And at the wedding, I would add looking at that whole list comparatively rather than tipping the driver sort of in an isolated way and the musician in an isolated way. You know, you will likely be tipping more to your photographer or to your wedding consultant than you would to each and every individual musician in the entire band who's there playing live because the the relationship that you have developed there, those are the things that you need to think about. And having done that, feel good about the tip that you are giving. Don't worry about comparisons or judgments. It is a thank you and it will be received in that same spirit. All right. That's great to keep in mind. Yeah, it's definitely all about relationships. So we've been speaking with Anna Post, the author of several books about weddings and wedding etiquette, including Emily Post's Wedding Parties and Do I Have to Wear White? (laughs) You can also find her column in Inside Weddings magazine. So thank you, Anna, for being on the show today. This has been really helpful. I think you've helped clear up a lot of these sometimes murky waters that people run into right before the big day. And I appreciate your taking the time. I was happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me on the show. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>